Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Converge Mid-America. Today, we're going to continue our focus on addressing the guest experience by speaking to the importance of using technology as a tool to attract guests to our churches. Now, I consider myself a pretty tech-savvy guy, even as an old guy. However, in reality, it only takes a few minutes of talking to my 20-something daughter and son-in-law to realize that I am quickly falling behind in my understanding of using technology as a part of our church strengthening strategy. So it's critical for me to be speaking to brothers and sisters who live in the current digital reality so that I might try to stay at least a little relevant in regards to how to reach new generations with the gospel. Well, to help us talk about using digital platforms as a tool for reaching especially young people with the gospel, I've asked Corey Ball, one of our new Convergement America pastors, planning a church in St. Louis. I knew I wanted to have Corey share with us when he shared at a meeting I was at that Generation Z, that's people under the age of 25, they're not going to come to our church personally until they come to our church digitally. I mean, that statement really hit me. But here's what I've learned about Corey. He isn't just good at technology. He sees technology as a critical tool God has given to see people, especially young people, reached with the gospel. So, Corey, welcome to Advance. I am so glad that you're here with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm really excited. I love uh, love Converge and what we're doing right now with with uh, digital movements and and uh, just attempting to become better at that. And uh, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Hey, let's start uh, by you giving me the two minute Corey Ball story and and specifically tell me about Redemption, this church that you're uh, starting here in St. Louis. Absolutely. So um, first, I, I grew up in Ohio, uh, northeastern Ohio, huge Buckeyes fan. And, uh, O-H-I-O. O-H-I-O. That's right. Go Bucks. Uh, I come from the cornfields of Ohio. Um, and I, I moved to, to St. Louis six and a half years ago. I took a job as a student pastor at uh, the Journey Church at their West County location. I was the, the first student pastor there. So I got to build something up uh, at those locations, at those churches, but specifically at, at West County. And then um, essentially uh, two and a half years ago, um, God really started to call me to plant a church. And it took a while to confirm that. Um, uh, really, it took a while for me to say yes. But then um, I went through assessment and uh, and got the got the green light eventually. And um, and so my goal was to plant this new church. And so we planted Redemption January 26th of this year of 2020. And uh, it's it's been a wild ride because we've had seven in-person services. And at this point of us recording this today, we've had 19 digital services because wow. uh, COVID has set in. So yep. um, we are, you know, uh, we're very unique in that, but I think we were uniquely positioned to continue the mission of redemption, which is helping the people of Kirkwood meet, know, and live for Jesus. Um, I mean, really, we are uniquely positioned to do that uh, in this area. And, uh, and one thing about redemption is we have this unapologetic goal to be the youngest church in our community. And so we, mm. we live in this Kirkwood community, 27,000 people. And we want to be the youngest church in the community, really connect with younger generations. And, uh, and so that's, that's what we're doing right now. 
Wow. I would really screw up your age average at your church. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, as I shared in the intro and as I just shared right now, I'm kind of an old guy and mm-hmm. uh, you're obviously a young pastor. And so help me understand how culture has changed in regards to reaching people to come and check out our church. What What's changed in how people do that from when I was doing that as a young guy to how you guys do that as, as young people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's clear that it has changed. I think any, any pastor who's been around knows that it's changed and uh, maybe they don't understand all the changes, but it definitely has changed. Um, You know, first of all, people who attend your church, they, they're going through a different front door. And, And what I mean by that is that the front door of your church is no longer wooden. It's digital. And so the very first time that someone's going to attend your church, it's going to be through a digital means, not through a physical means. I mean, we're, 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 this is from a uh, podcast uh, called Pro Church Tools Podcast. It's an incredible podcast. Uh, I'll mention it again later on. But, but uh, they, they always open up their podcast by saying this, that we are navigating the greatest communication shift in 500 years. And what they're saying is since the Gutenberg printing press, uh, we, we are navigating the largest communication shift of all time, really. Mm. And uh, and so we have to get this right as a church. And, and, and essentially what it looks like today versus the past is that is that people are going toward digital before they're going toward physical. And so we need to, as a church, we need to see everything that we can put out there digitally, we need to put out there digitally. Um, and, and this is a word that you're going to hear over the upcoming months and years. Mark my words, I promise you. Um, it's kind of entering the vocabulary of culture right now. But 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 that word is fidgetal. Mm-hmm. And so that's the mix of physical and digital. And, uh, and, and the idea of that is that, you, you know, you'll go to a church um, and as you sit down, you're going to have a digital bulletin instead of a physical one. You're going to uh, you, you're going to sign up for all of your you know classes or small groups or or you know camping trips or you know whatever summer camps digitally right there by texting a number or you know through the digital means of a digital bulletin. Um, you know if that church has a coffee shop, you might put in your order uh, to to grab a coffee digitally, and when it's ready, you just get up and you walk you know walk and grab it. I mean everything is very digital. And so the idea of physical and digital, this word fidgetal, that the, the church is making a shift toward fidgetal. And, uh, and if, we, if we miss that shift, the, the, the church will lose. I, I think one of my favorite stories here um, comes from, from Kodak, actually. Um, I mean, many of you don't know this, but in 1973, the first digital camera was actually invented. And uh, so it started in 1973. There's a man, Steve Sasson. He worked uh, with Kodak, and um, he started in, he started working on this digital camera. Now it, it wasn't the same one that we have today, you know. Uh, obviously, it was very primitive, but we, but but we we had it going. Well, he he took the the invention and he went to the CEOs, all the C-suiters, and and specifically he walked up to um, to, to the actual CEO of the company. And, and as he's talking to him, he says, hey, listen, this is this is what we got going on, this digital camera. Can we pursue this market? And the CEO, Walter A. Fallon, he said, uh, no way. <laughs> no way. Because um, right now at Kodak, we, we basically have a corner market on everything when it comes to photography. Uh, you, you have to use a Kodak Instamatics camera. You have to use Kodak Flash Cubes. You have to use Kodak Paper and Kodak Chemicals. Um, I mean, Everything from from the point of you taking a photo to the point of you getting it developed, the truth is that Kodak 
pretty much had a monopoly on the entire market. And so the entire C-suite said, no way, put it away in the archives and let's not touch it because it will encroach on our market. Well, what's crazy is in 2009, uh, President Obama gave Steve Sasson the National Medal of Technology and Innovation. Um, and just three years later, 2012, Eastman Kodak filed for bankruptcy. Hmm. Because they did not make the switch. They forgot which business they were in. They weren't in the camera business. They were in the memory preservation business. As a church, we cannot get this wrong. We are not in the physical business. We are in the, we're in the evangelism and discipleship business. We're in the making Jesus famous business. And if the culture is shifting more digitally, the things that we can shift digitally, we need to shift digitally or we will lose. Mm-hmm. That's good. That reminds me of a little book I read years ago that I I share a lot as it relates to how we need to stay on the front edge of what God is doing is a little business book called Who Moved My Cheese? Mm -hmm. And uh, that little allegory, you know, some some of the uh, mice went and looked for new cheese. Some of them went a little bit later and some of them just said, no, we're staying at this old cheese. And that's where they stayed until that old moldy cheese was run out and they were done. That's right. And uh, boy, that happens to us uh, in, in businesses, but specifically too, it can happen to us in churches. If we are not listening to what's happening to our culture, we can be really in trouble uh, in in terms of how we're going to even be able to have permission to share the gospel in the first place. So my next question with all of that in mind is, how, how do we think through using digital formats to reach people, you know, with the hopes that they might check us out? How, how do we we don't want to get trapped in just simply technology for the sake of technology. So how that's do we right. sort of think through those digital formats to reach people? Yeah, that's Does right. That makes sense. Oh, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think first we, we need to just confront this issue real quick b- before we go to, you know, to using digital platforms. Um, ultimately what this is primarily is going to be, Uh, marketing for your church. I mean, the goal of using social media and things like that is to get information out into the populace that's going to benefit the person who's sending out the information. And that's what we do. It's how we, it's really, it's how we use our private social media accounts as well. We just don't talk about it that way or realize it. But, but, but what we need to understand is that marketing is not sinful. In fact, I believe that it's uber spiritual. And, 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 you know, today the, the person that we're reaching today in our churches, very different than the person that was being reached in the 80s and the 90s. In the 80s and the 90s and before, uh, you know, they may check out uh, three or four Baptist churches if they're Baptist. They may check out three or four Presbyterian churches if they're Presbyterian. But today, that is not the person that you're you're connecting with. The person you're connecting with is is more spiritual, quote unquote, than they are religious. And what that means, uh, if, if, if you haven't thought about this, it means this, that when you're marketing, you're not just marketing against the Unitarian church that's down the road. And, and for us, you know, there, there's a Unitarian church about a mile away from us. And here's the, the blatant truth is that they're not preaching the gospel because they're not preaching that Jesus Christ is the only way. They preach that you can go to heaven anyway. And, uh, and, and so we're, but we're not we're not just marketing against that. We're also marketing against the Islamic mosque and the Buddhist temple that's two miles down the road from us. And so we are connecting with a very different 
demographic of people that are far more open spiritually and really unsure of what they want spiritually. And so when you are marketing, you're trying to get people into your church so they can hear the true unfiltered gospel that Jesus is the only way to heaven. So uh, beyond that, I mean, really, you need to figure out the platforms that you're going to be using. Uh, What type of community are you? Uh, I think there are there are communities that are primarily Facebook oriented communities that are primarily Instagram oriented communities that are primarily Twitter oriented. And some of them are a mix. The community that we're in is a, is a pretty strong mix of Facebook and Instagram. And so, so, so know your people, become a missionary to your people, find out where they're at um, and then start working on your content. Uh, Make sure that your content is aesthetically pleasing. Uh, make sure that it's kind of on brand for what you want. For us, we want young people. And so our uh, our our stuff is very bright and vibrant. Um, it's very fun and a little edgy. Okay, that's that's you know what we're trying to go for. Um, so secondly, make sure that your content passes the grunt test. And the grunt test is this, that you can look at something and within one second, you know exactly what that thing is, what it's trying to say. Um, as, as social media users, we give most posts about a second or less before our thumb starts to swipe. And so you really need to grab them in that second. Um, not all things can be internal. You need to be, you need to have an, a, a mix of internal and external uh, connection. What I mean by that is, um, you know, really, we need to eliminate the inside jokes or the acronyms. Um, if you've ever been to a wedding and the, you know, the the, the um, groomsman gets up and or the uh, best man gets up and he and he gives us story and it's all filled with insider jokes from college. Nobody laughs, right? Because nobody feels included. And so, you know, really the idea with this is that we eliminate that type of speech when it comes to our social media. Instead, everything is very inclusive of those internal and external, right? We get rid of the acronyms. Like if I see one more post, it says, hey, Wednesday night, don't forget, we're going to have CXL and that's going to be taking place in the EGW. Um, I'm going to lose my mind, right? So like we need to get rid of those things. Um, And then something that that accurately reflects your church. When, When you look at our social media posts, you're going to see people in a lot of our uh, photos and they're not stock photos. Um, You know, we want diversity at our church, but we're not going to post photos that are beyond the diversity of our current members um, because it's misleading. And, and and here's the thing with millennials and Gen Z, they're going to, they're going to sniff that out uh, in no time. And uh, one thing you don't want to be chalked up as in today's uh, age is fake. And so uh, make sure that your pictures are accurately reflecting your church. We use something called the rule of thirds. Um, and this is really helpful for you. I'm going to reference this later on in a plan for you. So really pay attention to this. The rule of thirds is this, that a third of your content is photos of your people, including your staff, but also your people. Um, a third of your content is basic spirituality. And so it could be, it could be, you know, a verse, it could be, um, a quote from a theologian, something that's just basic spirituality. And then a third of your content is uh, um, event information or like event recap. Um, but if, if, if at any time your social media feed is kind of uh, overloaded by any of those thirds, you, I mean, really, you get into trouble and people start losing you and you lose on the algorithm. So um, and then frequency, make sure you post on a daily basis. That's a big deal. Um, and then engage. I mean, social media is meant to be social. We forget that. And so we really need to be social. Uh, what often happens is we create echo chambers and we just want to 
post what we think rather than engage with each other. So repost, um, you know, community business posts, things like that. Like if the local donut shop is doing a deal, we, we want to support them. And so we, we post their deal on our stories. Hey, go down to strange donuts, get some donuts. Um, comment on your people's posts in stories. Don't just let them fly by. Like, uh, and, and, and this is going to take you designating someone on your staff and maybe your staff members share, uh, the week and, and, you know, each person takes two days or something like that. Um, but you need to, uh, you know, actually comment on those posts and stories. And then here's, here's a golden ticket. This is, this is a nugget right here. As people like your pages or they follow your pages, welcome them with a message. And so we, we send these welcoming messages and we say, hey, uh, thanks so much for liking our page. We'd love to get to know you. Is there anything that we can do for you? Or is there, or, or, or is there any pr- uh, uh, anything specific that we can pray for you? Um, and uh, and that's, been, that's just been gold for us. So I think that's, you know, uh, a lot, um, a lot of rambling. So I'm going to stop there, but, 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 but that's what I would say there. Yeah. The reality is, is, is if we are not thinking through these things digitally, we're just losing out. And, and uh, man, we may not get it. We may not live in that sort of world. And, you know, we hear things like TikTok and, you know, well, isn't that a, what a clock does and, and all sorts <laughs> of things. We just have to figure it out. But we also can't be everything. And and so I think, right. you know, you, you made a really good point earlier that, you know, figure out what's going to work best for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that going to be Facebook? Is it going to be Instagram? Is it going to be email? What What is it going to be that's going to be most helpful for you? Uh, hey, in that line, uh, maybe you could give us two or three ideas uh, to help think better about using digital formats for reaching people, you know, especially for those of us who think that a flip phone is a pretty trendy thing. Um, you know, how how do you find young people in your church to help? You know, this is a great way uh, to find young people who know who live in this world uh, to serve in your church. So uh, go for it, however that works for you to share a couple of things there. Yeah. So I think a couple of ideas. Um, first, um, well, yeah, actually, let me start with the people. So, so get the right people in the room. Um, if, if, if it's not your strong suit, you know, social media, if that's not your strong suit, if creativity is not your strong suit, um, then, then get people in the room who are creative and get people in the room who know the platforms of social media, get, get, get the digital natives is what we would call them. The people that grew up in a, in a native uh, digital society, right? Like they're natives to it. And so, uh, you know, get the Gen Z's, the 23 and unders, um, get the younger millennials. Uh, you know, one of the things that we forget is that older millennials actually didn't grow up so much digitally native. Um, but you know, get those that are 26, 27 and under, and those are the digital natives. And so get them around the table, learn from them, start to start to have meetings with them and hand off some of these things to them. Use this as, as kind of, you know, leadership, uh, uh, production and, um, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna take it and run with it. But here's a couple ideas. First off, you need the right tools. And so people say all the time, there's an app for that. And there is, uh, you know, some of these you're gonna have to pay a little bit for some you, you don't have to, but, uh, use apps like Visco or Lightroom to edit your photos. Again, you don't want to be, you know, fake. Uh, so, so, so don't make them, you know, over, over and above, but also it's okay to, to apply a little filter on your photos. Um, uh, use, uh, you know, apps like Boomerang, uh, meme generators. Uh, our, our 
culture today, specifically our younger generations, run on memes, and we get about um, you know fifty to sixty percent higher uh, engagement on our memes than we do any other posts. And so, real quick, if, real quick for those of us who have no idea what that <laughs> means, what does what does a meme mean? Yes. So so basically, a meme is a photo. And specifically, it's it's a joke that that is encased in a photo, and so uh, really the photo says it all. But then the joke kind of adds to it, um, and uh, th- th- there's a whole meme culture. And so, um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's what a meme is. But but really, I mean, it, it is a powerful thing, and it's it's okay for a church to po- post a joke. It's okay. I mean, back in the day. The, the the church would use their church sign to post the joke. Today, you're going to use Instagram to post that joke. Uh, Instagram. And by the way, let me just say something to that real quick. Yeah. And and for those of you who like Babylon B, uh, I like Babylon B. It's satire. It's it's supposed to be fun. Be careful when you post stuff from Babylon B that you let your people know that it is in fact oh. supposed to be funny. Yes. I don't know how many times I've seen churches go ballistic when they see a Babylon B post, which is supposed to be outrageous. So if you're going to use things like memes, boy, make sure your people understand what it is that you're doing because you don't want to communicate incorrectly either. So yes. go, go ahead. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and so, you know, use use things like meme generators. Use Canva. Canva is one of the greatest tools that we have ever found. It's a billion dollar company out of Australia. You can you can use it for free. Um, it's, it's, it's actually a website. They do have an app. Their app's not that great. Their website is better. And so we we develop almost all of our graphics via Canva because it's really better and easier than Photoshop or InDesign, and it's super easy to pick up. So Canva, um, content creators, uh, and, and by that, or, or, or sorry, content uh, uh, curators and, and creators, things like Sunday Social TV or Pro Church Media, uh, mm-hmm. we use Sunday Social TV. So we pay nine dollars a month to utilize this website that gives us some of the content that we share. And most of our spiritual content, back when I was talking about the rule of thirds, most of our spiritual content comes from Sunday Social TV. Hmm. And uh, they do an incredible job. And so it's already pre-made for you. And you can edit it if you need to. And then do this. Use some sort of website or app um, that you can you can uh, kind of time out and and uh, plan out your posts for the week. You can schedule them. So we, we've used Hootsuite in the past, yeah. um, but now we use Creator Studio through Facebook, and they've, they've actually done incredible updates to that recently. Hmm. Um, and so those are, those are really good. And then, and then let me say this, the best resources for us that we have found, um, building a story brand by Donald Miller has been incredible. It's totally changed our staff, the way that we look at our communication via social media. Um, Pro Church Tools podcast, again, is is I, I have found to be the most powerful podcast when it comes to churches and social media. And then the, the last thing is find, find churches that are doing it right. There, there are churches out there that are doing a great job. Follow them just, just to learn from their content and follow churches that are on your level, on your age and, and kind of size level, but then also follow churches that are a step beyond you. Um, and uh, yeah. And then before we leave, I'd, I'd love to give a three-step plan. I don't know if that's yeah, go a good for time it. now. Go yeah. For okay. So here it is real quick. Um, I think hearing all this content, you could be kind of overloaded with this. Um, I think it's really helpful for someone to give you 
uh, a plan for you to just take those next couple steps. So step one, get the right people in the room, like I talked about earlier, but also get a cross section of people. Get not just young people, not just middle-aged people, but get older people as well. Because there are people in those demographics that are interacting. They just interact differently. So get a cross-section of people in the room. Number two, do some research. Uh, read Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Read it. Put, put it on your Amazon list now. Buy it. Um, and then listen to as many Pro Church Tools podcasts as you can. Uh, they're incredible. And also um, find out what your people in your community are on, what platforms are they on, and then meet them there. Go, I mean, really give, give precedent to those uh, specific platforms. And then number three, the last thing, start posting, okay? And it sounds really simple, but, but, but really just start posting. Fix your content, first of all. Um, eliminate the insider language and the acronyms. Um, implement the rule of thirds. And then make sure the content is aesthetically pleasing and valuable to them. Okay. Start engaging with your people. Start interacting with their posts. Remember, social media is social. And then start start a marketing campaign, um, both paid um, through Facebook and Instagram. Um, it, it's something that we've done, and it's really simple and it's incredible. A real quick story about that: when we planted, we spent a thousand dollars on Facebook and Instagram marketing. When we launched on our launch date. Um, we had the, the, the largest crowd that we've had to date. I mean, obviously it's how it works. 80% of our people there said that they saw us on Instagram or Facebook first. Hmm. We, we also, during that same, uh, during that same amount of time of marketing, we spent $4,000 on, on billboards. So four times the amount as Facebook and Instagram. And guess how many people said on their cards that they found us through a billboard or they saw the billboard? 0%. Wow. Physical, traditional marketing is out, digital is in, it's cheaper, it's more effective, so do it, okay? Start posting, start marketing, um, that's your plan. You've shared like a ton of different things, and I am quite confident that someone's going to be saying, hey, how do I get in touch with this Corey Ball guy so I can ask more questions? So what's the best way someone could get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with with me really is is probably through our church. I would encourage you to to follow us there, and that's uh, Redemption STL. Everything is Redemption STL. Redemption STL. Uh, that's our Instagram, our Facebook, everything. Redemption STL. Um, but also, uh, you can follow me personally on Instagram. It's Corey Ball at C O R Y B A L L um, at Corey Ball, and uh, yeah, and that's that, that's probably the best way to to find me. Great, awesome. Hey, we would like uh, every episode to have our guests uh, sort of pray a prayer blessing on our pastors. And uh, would you be willing to close us in prayer? Of course. Uh, Father, I thank you for every pastor and, and church leader that's listening to this message right now. God, I pray that you would uh, you would you would remove any hesitation, you would remove any fear. Uh, also any mistrust or any anxiety that they're feeling. Um, God, I pray that those emotions would not be barriers for them reaching the people that are right in front of them. Um, God, God, you have you have created us as missionaries uh, to our culture, and our culture is all found in, in digital platforms right now. And so God, cr- create in us a desire to redeem those platforms and to see the people that are on those platforms come to faith in you. God, I pray that you would give people the wisdom and the discernment uh, to to get the right people in the room, to do the right things. Uh, But God, I also pray that you would give them a sense of of urgency, that they would want to um, step forward, understanding that one of the greatest returns on their investment 
is literally going to be engaging with people through social platforms. And so, God, I pray that, uh, that, that you, would, you would convict us of that, that you would change our minds on that. And, God, I pray that we would see fruit and uh, that, that the harvest, as it's plentiful, God, I pray that we would start seeing people coming to our church, hearing the gospel, and uh, making life changes because they first saw us on Facebook or first saw us on Instagram. And God, I pray that you would bless these pastors and their efforts uh, to see people come to faith in you and all these things we ask. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks so much to Corey uh, for being with us today. In our next episode, we're going to talk about the issue of discipleship. You know, I've never talked to a pastor who isn't concerned about finding people a lane to run in in relationship to discipleship. But the problem is many of us find it difficult to figure out a cohesive strategy in regards to discipleship. So make sure you join us for that. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. I'm so grateful for each of you who have subscribed and listened to the podcast. Keep listening, keep sharing your reviews on the platform that you use and share advance with your friends. And finally, if you haven't yet, don't forget to check out our website, advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website, convergmentamerica.org.